Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. How many of y'all have just a few more minutes for the Word of the Lord? That be all right? Good. Father, thank you for your presence here. And now, Lord, we thank you for your word. Over the next few moments, God, release revelation knowledge, I pray, in the hearts of every individual here and those that are watching. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the Lord's put a word on my heart for tonight that really connects with everything that's happened already this evening. You know, when the two names Elijah and Elisha are mentioned in the same sentence, there's, there's a statement that uses, rises to the, to the average Bible student, and that statement is what? Double portion. It was Elisha's last request from Elijah just prior to Elijah being taken up from heaven. 2 Kings 2.9 says, in the New King James Version, and so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask. What may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And that's exactly what happened. You know, the Bible records that Elisha performed twice as many miracles as Elijah did in his lifetime. But that's not what I want to talk about for a moment here. Yes, we all want a double portion. At least I hope you do. And many people think that the double portion, uh, and, and really a double portion means that, a double, double anointing, a double of what I have, a double of something like that. I want more. Everybody say more. But maybe I found that many Christians believe that they're not a candidate for the more. That you've got to have some special something, something, something to get a double portion. I do not believe that. You see, I believe the Bible gives us stories like this that are principle-based. And we can go on and extract the principles out of it. And if we'll take those life principles and put them in our lives, we'll have the result that they had. And that's what I want to do tonight. I want to take just a few moments. And I'm going to walk us through this story real quick. How many of you want a double portion or an increase in your life of God's anointing, God's power, and God's ability? Let's go back to when Elijah met Elisha. 1 Kings 19, 19, the New Living Translation. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders, and they walked away. Now the cloak, another translation is mantle. And the mantle or the cloak is, was a wrap that a man would wear to keep himself warm. And in this context, it represented the anointing of God, the calling of God, the power of God on his life. And so that's how the story started on the road to the double portion. But the first thing that happened was he found a man in a field plowing, and there were 12 groups of them that were plowing. The last one was Elisha, and he threw his cloak on him. And that's where the principles start. Now, here's the first step in having a double portion anointing in your life, and it's the popular word sacrifice. Everybody shout sacrifice. sacrifice. Now, let's look at the principles of a sacrifice. 
Here's the first principle, 1 Kings 19.21. Elisha returned to his oxen, slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. The first principle of sacrifice is the plow and oxen. Say that with me, plow and oxen. There's one word that would define this part of the sacrifice, and it's commitment. You see, by sacrificing the oxen and burning the implements, he was saying there's no going back. No going back. See, when you make a commitment, I've heard people say, I'm going to try Jesus. See how that works out for you. The devil knows your commitment level, and he'll always push you past it. But when you're committed all the way, there's no past it. There's no end to it. It's there. It's like one guy said, you know, we're dead. The old man is dead. Well, if the old man is dead, you can't, you can't tempt the dead man. See, when you make a commitment, it's all in. Elisha was all in. Also, when he passed around the meat to the townspeople, he was making a public announcement of what he was going to do. That brings accountability. I remember when I stood in the pulpit of our, our church where I was, my wife and I had been youth leaders for 10 years, not youth pastors, youth leaders. That means we were volunteers. And I stood in the pulpit and announced to the congregation that I felt like, I believe like, I kind of think maybe sort of God was calling us into full-time ministry. And I thought people would go, oh, really? Oh, wow. And they're all like, so we all knew that a long time ago. I mean, that was the reaction. When you make a public announcement, it brings a level of accountability, and that's what he did. And the first step, the first step in a double portion anointing is sacrifice. And if you're not willing to give up something, you can't get something. If you can't give up something you have, you're not going to get something that God has. When God called Rose and I into ministry, I, was, I had a farming operation of business. I had another job, and it was running that. We had, we had all kinds of debt. We had a brand-new house we built up on a hill on the family farm. We planned on being there for 70 years. That was our dream home. That was our life. That's what we were going to be. One of the hardest things I did in my life was load up everything and drive off of that hill and say goodbye to our dream home and move into a two-bedroom farmhouse out in the country somewhere and start a church and we had no money, and then I didn't know you could ask for money. I didn't know anything about that. There were no preachers in my family. I had no mentor. My pastor was a good preacher, but not a mentor at all. He didn't have one. He didn't know how to be one. I understand that now. I didn't then. I had no mentor, nobody to show me what to do. And God called us to this place to plant a church in a little rundown coal town, gave me a job in that area, and I was working from midnight to 8 o'clock in the morning, six days a week, in an underground coal mine. The top was about this high, so you had to walk around like this all the time, all night long, and on your knees working. That's where I, that's where I worked, and when I went our first service on February the uh, 19th, 1984, I got up that morning at 6 o'clock, got ready, got my family, my wife, my two little girls ready. We drove to this, this little storefront that was about the size of this section right here, 54 feet deep, 19 feet wide, one bathroom right behind, right behind the pulpit here with just a studded wall with no insulation in it. That was fun. We built a one-foot platform, paid $400 for a little bit of piano and two used microphones. I played the piano. Another guy that never led worship in his life led worship. Together we led worship. We had church in this little bitty building. 
We walked away we, and, then, and then preached that morning, preached that night, went home, got something to eat, and drove to the coal mines, got in that shaft, went down 485 feet, rode another five miles into the mines and worked all night long, came out, came up that shaft, dark, black with coal dust, took a shower, went home, got to bed at about 9 o'clock, slept three or four hours, got up, and did it all week long. I'm not making this up. Did that for two years and two months, but the end of the two years and the two months, that church was the largest church in that county. I'm telling you, if you want a double portion, you got to sacrifice some things in your life. And if you're not willing to give up something you have, here's the second thing he sacrificed. He sacrificed position. What do you mean? Well, he would figure it out. He was plowing with one of 12 teams of oxen. I grew up on a farm. I can, I, can, I can figure that out. That would be equivalent today of having 12 tractors. The average cost of a tractor today is about $1,000 a horsepower. And so if it was a 75-horsepower tractor, that's 12 times 75,000, that's $900,000. But it was probably more like 150-horsepower. So that's $1.8 million in tractors in today's economy. His father was a wealthy farmer. Elisha was not just a farmhand just trying to get by. He was in a position to inherit great wealth. And he sacrificed his position. <laughs> you know, I used to think God was interrupting my life, and then I realized he was intervening in my life. <laughs> the next thing he sacrificed was purpose. I'm going to walk through this quickly. Everybody say purpose. See, up until that time, Elisha's purpose was sacrificing, was raising crops rather to feed people. In his case, an entire purpose changed. Now, we all have a purpose that God has created us for, but our number one purpose is to serve God and to do His will. See, no matter what your vocation you are called to, you're pursuing, you have a commission from God to reach people. I like to say it this way, my job or career is what I do to make a living. My assignment for the work of God is what I do for a life. Let me say that again. My job or career is what I do to make a living, but my assignment for the work of God is what I do for a life. Sacrifice. The next step on the road to the double portion is serving. Everybody say serving. There's some principles of serving. First of all, you've got to have someone to serve. Who's your someone? Who's your someone? Who are you serving? If you are a part of a church family, you need to be serving someone. Well, no, Brother Gary, I just, you know, you're just blessed to have me to come sit here and listen to you. I am. I appreciate that so much. But you're not being blessed because you're not serving. Because if you're not serving, you're not functioning in the body of Christ. So you're like a finger that's limp. It don't do anything. You go to pick up a glass, it's just there. It don't do nothing. Okay? We're all part of the body of Christ. You're called to serve. Find your someone. Is it teaching, singing, clinging, giving, counseling, leading, children, youth, broken people? Fill in the blank, but find your someone. Helen Keller once said, alone we can do so little. Together we can do so much. Here's the next principle in serving. Only but a goodie, Humility. 1 Kings 19.20, New Living Translation, then, went, then he went with Elijah as his assistant. I like the New King James Version, and became his servant. 
I've learned that all great leaders were first great servants or followers. In fact, you'll never be a great leader unless you're a great servant. And I've met some of the greatest leaders in the world. I've been so privileged to be in the room with some of the greatest leaders in the world. And yeah, there, there's, there's, every now and then there's an oddball in the group. But most of them, most of them are great servants. They've been great servants. If you want to be a great leader in the kingdom, be a great servant. That's the first key to promotion. C.S. Lewis once wrote, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Don't. Now, you're thinking about somebody you want to tell that to, aren't you, right now? I know because I just thought of somebody I want to tell that to. But the problem is those people won't hear you when you tell them because they'll respond with how humble they are. I had a guy on my staff one time, super talented, super, such a gift to the body of Christ, but he was so full of himself, and I never could get that out of him. I never could get to, and he would be the first one in a staff meeting or any place else to let everybody know how humble he was. He's so humble. He's, and he was so stinking full of pride, and he still is stinking full of pride. And he's out of the ministry today because he's so stinking full of pride. I didn't put him out. He, cho- he made choice after choice after choice. He had a false sense of humility. Some people are not honest with themselves. The best thing you can do is be honest with yourself. Look, if you can't sing, just admit it. Be honest with yourself and quit bothering to worship people, all right? Okay. It's like American Idol. You know, you watch them get up there and yodel a little bit. It's like, yeah, go home. But everybody in my hometown says I sing great. Well, none of them have. They're tone deaf. That's why. Or it's your mama and she don't know, you know. We had a guy on our worship team one time. We had his mic turned off for three years. He didn't know it. I didn't have the heart to take him off the worship team. Then he took a break. And then after his break, six months later, he wanted to come back on. He was feeling better. And we said, well, you know, I believe the Lord has something else for you, brother. You know, I believe, you know, we got an area over here I need you to serve. When, oh, God's called me to sing. Well, no. You know what he did? He left and went to the church down the road. And two weeks later, he's on the platform singing. They're all telling him, oh, I'm glad they told you you could sing. And I'm glad he went there and blessed them. (laughs) So we all glad. See? Be honest with yourself. Don't walk around with this false sense of humility. Get right with God. Get before God. Get that nonsense out so God can promote you and give you a double portion in your life. See, Elisha recognized the value of being chosen to serve the prophet Elijah. And in his humility and his humble position, it placed him in a place of double portion. Now, here's the most popular principle of serving. Here it is. It's number one on the top ten list. It's the most popular one. It's two words, hard work. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hard work work. Serving is not always easy or fun or exciting or even noticed. Listen, if you only serve when you get noticed, forget the double portion. 
If you can't serve unnoticed, and by the way, nothing goes unnoticed with God. And God keeps good score. And when you do it with the right heart, not worrying if you ever get the microphone, you'll get the microphone. Hard work. Here's a couple of quotes from Zig Ziglar. Anybody remember who that guy was? When you do more than you've paid for, eventually you'll be paid for more than you do. There are no traffic jams on the extra mile. President Thomas Jefferson once said, I'm a great believer in luck, and I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. <laughs> See, serving Elijah was no easy task. He was constantly confronted, challenges that stretched his abilities and strength. The same is true of us today. Serving God is not always leisurely walking a beautiful park. Sometimes it's a battle through the briar patch. I want people that will battle through the briars with me. How about you? See, the double portion does not fall on the faint-hearted or the lazy person. Here's one more principle. I told you I'd go through this fast. I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor. I can preach short. Here's, the, here's, here's one more. Here's one more principle of the double portion. Learning. I came up with a statement years ago, when you're through learning, you're through. Perhaps the greatest part of Elisha's journey and life with Elijah was the fact that each day he was learning something new. He was learning how to be an effective prophet. He was learning how to hear from God. He was learning how to flow in miracles. He was learning how to deal with enemies. He was learning how to deal with friends. It was only when he had learned that he was in a position for the double portion. In fact, it was only when he had learned that he even knew of a double portion. See, Elisha received the double portion, and so can we if we do what Elisha did. Never stop learning. A lot of times I, I come in the house, I, I go on the road. My wife, Rose, is either sitting outside on the patio or she's in the bedroom there in a sitting area, and she's got, she's got her iPad on. She's listening to a teaching, some preacher teaching, not me. I don't know why she's not listening to me. <laughs> but, so, babe, is that me you got on there? No. no, no. Okay. Okay. She's got her notepad out. She's taking notes. We've done that our whole lives. We're just two, two dumb farm kids growing up and just want to do something for Jesus. We started our church. We didn't have a mentor. We didn't have money. We didn't have anything. 21 people counting the kids that first Sunday said, we'll show up. It was a life group. We didn't know what a life group was back then, but that's what it was. But 54 people showed up, and we never had less than that. And, but but we was learning. We'd, we'd, we'd listen to cassette tapes. I've got boxes full of cassette tapes. You don't know what that is? Google that. Cassette tape. Yeah. Yeah. Cassette tape. Who's that? Huh? Cassette. That's a funny name, cassette. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a vehicle. 
I'd listen to them today if I had a cassette tape player. I don't even have a stinking CD in my truck. It's like, how am I supposed to play these CDs? There's not a place to stick it in this truck. We still listen. I go online. I listen. I watch things. I listen. I'm learning. I'm reading a book. I mandate our staff read one book every month. One staff's up over 30 books now. He's ahead of me. I'm 20-something this year, 20-some books. Well, Pastor, you must have been pretty dumb. You need to read all that. Well, maybe. <laughs> I still need to read. Some of them I get a lot of. Some of them like, well, that was fun. I'm not reading that again. Learning. You got to be learning. You got to be a learner in life. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how much money you've made, how much money you've got, how poor you are. It doesn't matter. Learn, 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 learn from God. And if you're not learning something from God, learn something from God. One of the, one of the books you need to be reading every day is the Bible. Well, I've read through it before. I thought that's enough. No. Keep reading. I've read through it many, many times. Every time I go through it, I highlight something else and whatever. I mean, it's not a page in my Bible. It's not highlighted. And I'll usually wear one out about every two years to get me a brand new, and I'll start all over again. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. That's a cool story. And somebody asked me that was in the Bible. I was like, no, that's not in the Bible. And I've read it ten times, you know. Learn. 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 Be a learner. Be a learner. Always constantly learn. There's something new to learn. And you can learn from anybody. You, you can learn how not to do something. You know, I preached at a, a, many years ago, I spoke at a little conference and this young couple came up. They were, they were just graduated college and they were so excited. And they came and said, oh, Dr. Brothers. You see, do you have a doctorate? No, but I just quit correcting people. I figured if they couldn't tell, I wasn't going to tell them, all right? So, <laughs> I don't know how many times I've been introduced in conferences. Dr. Ruther's coming in. I said, whatever. I used to get up and say no, but then it embarrassed them, and so I just quit. So I just got up. Hi, I'm Gary. Well, this couple came to me. She said, Dr. Brothers, what college did you go to? I didn't bat an eye. I said, School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> they looked at me and said, Where's that located? I thought, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and you got a college degree. I'm like, dude, what did you study? It wasn't enough. I said, everywhere, and just walked away, and they're like, I don't think they still know. Is this okay? Sorry. Learning, you got to be learning. You got to be learning. Back in eighty, in the mid eighties, I started taking flying lessons, airplane flying lessons, not like jumping off the barn flying lessons. Because <laughs> this this pastor I knew owned a plane and he flew. I thought, you know what? I may just be a dumb country boy, but if he can do that, I can do that. So I'd scrape up enough money to go take a lesson, an hour lesson. Three, four weeks later, I scraped up enough more money to go take an hour lesson. Finally, those hours piled up enough, and I, I got my license. And it came to move to Cape Girardeau, and I got a plane. Until about two years ago, a guy drove it into a garage from the air.
So then I got another plane. Because that didn't work good anymore. Wing was broke, you know, it just don't fly without a wing. But it was a, it was a complicated plane. It was a very complicated plane. And the instructor at our local airport is a lady, a retired uh, optometrist. And she and I had owned this other plane that's dead now. We, we had owned it together. She and I owned it together. And we flew together, I mean, back in the 90s, through the 90s, early 2000s. And so we're good friends. And she's the instructor now. She quit as, a, as an eye doctor, and just, she just had instruction, had three or four guys working for her. And so uh, I called Bev. I said, Bev, I, I got to get checked out on this plane. The manufacturer of the insurance requires so many hours in it to check out. It's, it's, it's real complicated and different things. I've got it up for sale right now. And uh, so we get in that plane, and she's telling me all the stuff about it, and I've got to read books, and I've got to, I mean, it's like starting all over again. And she's telling me how, you know, how, the, how difficult the landing is. She almost convinced me that I couldn't fly the thing. So we get in and we spend hour after hour and got several hours in it, 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 hours in it. She says, you think you're ready to go? I said, no, I, I think I need another lesson. Now, I've been flying for 20-some, 30 years almost. But they say, you know, there's bold pilots and there's old pilots. But there are no bold old pilots. <laughs> So I, 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 didn't, I didn't let her write me off on that plane until I was comfortable with all of the new avionics and all of the stuff on it and all the characteristics because it's totally different than the other plane. I want to learn. I'm still learning. It doesn't matter. You've got to learn. You're in business. Learn more about your business. You know. Look, when I got married, there weren't any books on marriage. It's like, good luck. And Lord, I was thankful I had a lot of it. <laughs> Always dumb, 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 dumb. But there are books today you can go online. There's seminars you can watch. You can go through all kinds of stuff. If you can't make it today, you just can't make it. <laughs> I can't communicate with my wife. Yeah, you can. Read a book. Read three books and then do something. Do something that you read. James says, be a doer of the word, not just to hear. I need to, I need to quit. I, I, you know, I, I need to quit. I need to quit. Do what you learn. You know, you know, I'm still learning, trying to learn how to preach. I am. Because preaching is communicating. And I'm communicating to a whole new generation now. I'm communicating to a generation that when I say cassette tape, they're like, what? Some of them, when I say CD, they're like, what? When I say 8-track, they pass out. There's a few of them going, that's right, Pastor Gary, I'm 8-track, yeah. Uh, I got to 8-track. I had a Merle Haggard 8-track. I'm 21 in prison doing life without parole. I got to communicate different. 
I can't eat and off and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've got, I've got to communicate. I've got to connect with them. I've got, I'm constantly learning. I've got a new staff. I'm watching them. I'm, I didn't learn anything from you, but I'm watching them, and I'm, I'm trying to get stuff, you know. I am learning from them. I learn from my staff every week. I've got young, sharp staff. Now, they don't know half what I know. They don't know a third, a fraction of what I know. But they know some stuff I don't know. So I'm learning from them. I'm drawing from their well. They're drawing from my well. And we're all growing and learning together. And that's what the family does. You want a double portion, you do what Elisha did, and you can have a double portion in your life. That's it. That's it. That's it. One more thought. Elijah passed his double portion on to Elisha. But Elisha died with his double portion. He was buried with his double portion. Because he, he had a servant, Gehazi, who wasn't a good servant. And I don't know why he didn't get another one. I, I don't know. But I know when Elisha died, there was nobody there to say, I want a double portion. Nobody there. I... I guarantee you, it doesn't matter to you people, I'm sure, but where I live, I'm not going to die with my portion. I'm going to pass it on. Don't die with your double portion. Find your someone. Pass it on. Pass it on. Pass it on. Stand your feet, would you? Raise your hands. It's the Lord Jesus. Come on, say it out loud, Lord Jesus. Help me to be a doer of the word. Holy Spirit, give me revelation of the word tonight. Help me, Holy Spirit, to move forward in my life. To increase. To increase in every aspect of my life. The double portion is mine. I ask you now, Father, for a double portion but I commit also to pursue the double portion in my life in Jesus name Lord may it so be so in every person's life physically, financially, emotionally spiritually, dream wise vision wise in every area God may there be in this house double portions everywhere God May there be more double portions per capita in this place, with the exception of my church in Cape Girardeau. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.